Yeah, it's the end of the day for me, so I, I really had nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love how you actually have like your own logo in the back, just like a thing. Yeah, that was a, uh, I think it was a Christmas or New Year's gift from my fiance. So, yeah, Wait. we met during the uh, World Cup of 2018. Is there like a more romantic story or it's like one of those things where a girl goes on a date, it's super detailed, like everything is dished out to the girlfriends and a guy goes on a date and they're like, did you go on a date? Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, we just met for a, a drink and then went for a walk and then the rest is just kind of like history. Very um, nice. But yeah. Yeah. So I actually don't know too much about you. I feel like the first time we interacted was my wallet got compromised. <laughs> Went like Google searching, Twitter searching for solutions, found a script that you had written that Flashbots was kind of promoting or you were working with them about how to oh, really? recover assets. Yeah, I think it was like um, like a quick way to recover assets from compromised wallets when it's just like a bot that was looking for currencies and not um, NFTs. Okay. Yeah, I get found a lot through that one video. <laughs> like, um, I mean, that video has made me a lot of uh, good extra money, but uh, yeah, I, I never expected that one to be so popular. But wait, how does it strange make money? that you? No, no, I mean, so a lot of people they watch this video um, because I mean their their wallets get compromised, and I mean this specific video doesn't address everybody's specific situation. I mean, they just come and email me um, to see if I can help them out, and I just kind of like. I mean, I help them out, but I, I, I take a percentage of whatever I rescue. I mean, <laughs> it helps them. It helps me. Nice. What was your biggest score? Uh, I think the biggest amount that I've ever saved was around like 60K. Um, some guy had, had a bunch of ohm or something locked up. And uh, it was actually, I was actually surprised. So I'll, it turns out a lot of these these guys that, that hack the wallets and get the private keys and stuff, they're not... Uh, as smart as you think they are. So the guy's funds, I mean, he, the the scammer could have actually just taken them at any time. It was just that the the Ohm tokens were, they weren't like locked in a contract. They were basically traded in for like some IOU tokens. And so oh. the scammer could have just taken those IOU tokens and then traded them back and got all the Ohm and got the 60K. But uh, like if you look at on Etherscan, you look at the, the token list, the, it shows those tokens as worth being worth nothing. So I guess that's probably why he didn't mess with them. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Sad story, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's a sad story for the scammer. I mean, a happy story for the, the guy I rescued for. It's okay. I feel like the scammer just like... He's like, this is automated. Don't care. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He's probably got like a bunch of different wallets and he's just living fat and happy. Well, the other day, like we were thinking about um, professional black hat hackers. And basically, like if their one score is like, I don't know, a few mil, they probably don't work that much. So it's like they're probably just spending a lot of time preparing for their next hat and just like chilling. I mean, if I was a black hat hacker and I just scored that big, I mean, I don't think I would work again yeah, ever. <laughs> I mean, I would still build things. I would do stuff for myself. But uh, yeah, I mean, I still got a day job. So um, I haven't yeah. scored anything that big yet. One day. <laughs> Maybe this One is day. why you're doing your work. <laughs> learning. <laughs> learning, learning. Yeah. Okay, so cool. I love to learn a little bit more about you. Like, um, 
What's your day job? Like, what do you do? What's your day to day? So right now I'm the lead solidity engineer at LeFi protocol. So we are a bridge aggregator. And basically what we do is take all the different uh, cross-chain bridges, pull them all together, and then provide users like the best, cheapest, fastest way to bridge from bridge A to bridge B. So like if you're familiar with one inch or zero X, like they're aggregators for um, DEXs, we are aggregators for um, these bridges. With the added benefit, we also allow people to swap and bridge or bridge and swap. So um, we make it easy to, to move tokens around from all these different changes or all the different chains. So yeah. I feel like your security researchers probably don't get much sleep at night. That sounds like a very dangerous job. Uh, so luckily, a lot of the heavy lifting is done by the bridges we aggregate, but yeah, we. It does make me nervous that so much money goes through <laughs> our contract. And unfortunately, last year we did have a uh, um, a hack on our contract. Thankfully, it wasn't so widely publicized um, as some of these other hacks, and it wasn't as much as some of these other hacks. But I mean, we've locked that down and since taken a lot of other security measures. But yeah, working on on these these types of things is is the most stressful thing I've ever worked on in my life. But it, it's also pretty cool. And like, when did you start developing? Oh, I've been coding since I was like a kid, so I'm like super nerd. <laughs> My dad, my dad taught me, I mean, I, I say taught me, but he introduced me to programming basic on like uh, some Apple II clone when I was like six. Um, and then I didn't, I mean, I guess I really got into programming around high school, like around 14. So what were like super nerd days? Like, what did you do? Like, what did you play with? When I was in high school, I did a lot of, well, for one thing, I, I had my own computer, but I never, I didn't buy it in a store. I pulled all the parts from like a dumpster behind uh, computer stores. Uh, and because I couldn't afford Windows, I put Linux on it. It was like 20 bucks. I actually sold Linux in a box in a oh store called CompUSA, um, which doesn't exist anymore. So I bought Linux on a CD for $20 and put that on my computer. And um, that's how I got into like Linux, Unix type stuff. And I was making like websites in Perl and PHP when it was kind of new. I was hosting I was hosting a server in my on my home computer in my basement and like somehow I got it to to route to I got to have a domain like route to my home like I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff um yeah also before I was hosting I was I was doing websites on like GeoCities or Tripod was another big company back then so yeah instead of paying attention to school I was actually <laughs> I was actually writing HTML for my Star Wars themed website in my notebook because oh. I, I couldn't wait to get to a computer and like make the changes to my website that's that's nerd life back in the day I love that I get it did you play any games like I used to play muds back in the days where it's like muds I think I think those were like the terminal based. Oh, games. okay, okay. So they're like muds and moves. They're like text based uh, BBS type stuff, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I never did any of those. I did play a lot of like first person shooters. So my dad, when we were kids, like he introduced us to like Wolfenstein and Doom, which is funny because mm -hmm. when we became teenagers and we were playing all these first person violent shooters, like all these bloody games, he was, he was like so against it. But I'm like, dad, you realize you're the one that brought this stuff into our house. Like, this is why we're into it. But, um, <laughs> Doom yeah, definitely I liked, made hmm? Yeah, I liked Quake and um, Battlefield 1942 when that came out. I, I don't play mm -hmm. too many games anymore. I, I say I'm too lazy to play games because, like, realistically, games nowadays do take a lot of your time, which is, which is, uh, I don't know, I never thought I would ever say I was too lazy to play a video game, but I'm, I'm too lazy to play video games now. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's because like you know, if you want to get to a certain level, you basically have to like spend a certain percentage of your life like in the game. Otherwise, like- basically, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's all these games are like story based now, or like they're super heavily achievement based. Like, if you want to be able to do anything cool, even in these multiplayer games, you have to like play so many hours, kill so many people, and like so you can get like a special gun so you can actually kill more people, and it just, it just takes way too much time. <laughs> <laughs> So when did you get into crypto? I want to say, so I got into like buying crypto just because number go up in like 2015 (laughs) and then seriously like programming smart contract stuff in 2017. So I was doing like PHP backend front end web development around that time. And I had the idea, I'm like, I'm going to build a brand for myself and I'm going to start a YouTube channel and I'm going to start doing tutorials just like maybe I can build an audience and like sell them some stuff like tutorials or classes or something like this. And it turns out the first tutorials I started creating were on like smart contract development because I had just seen some other tutorials myself and I I got, I, I learned it and I thought it was pretty cool. So the best way to learn or to get more familiar with it is basically ingest it and then just go and teach other people. And so I was making these tutorials and that was around the time like ICOs and everything were booming. So I, I kept getting requests from people to build smart contracts for them, even though like I basically gave them the blueprint in my videos. I'm like, just do this, this and this. You've got a, a token contract. They just wanted me to do it. So I, I started charging people and then every sequential person, I would charge a little more just to see how much I could charge for these things. <laughs> Uh, eventually I, I mean, I was making some pretty good money doing this, especially in 2017. Like everybody wanted to do like an ICO, make a token and and do a, like a token sale thing. And it was, for me, it was just like copy paste, but like I could charge like a few hundred, few thousand dollars for these things. And it was just like, this is kind of cool. That is so wild because <laughs> if they don't really know how to deploy it themselves, how do they maintain it afterwards? I mean, the thing with these tokens but... is like you basic, I mean, the tokens, you don't really do much after they're deployed, but you basically allocate a bunch of the tokens tokens to whoever paid you to do it and then like make them the owner of the token or whatever and just kind of like walk them through like this is how you would transfer tokens this is how you do that eventually i had a a business partner i mean we became business partners but like he had me build a token for some like online gaming gambling thing we did an ico and then he wanted me to like continue working like to integrate the token into their little online gambling platform so he was paying me for that for a while and then we um, went into like building a uh like an online or a, a smart contract based escrow thing where you could basically escrow tokens and ETH for anything. Um, it never really took off, unfortunately, but I mean, that's how I was paying the bills for a while. Oh, and fun fact with this online gambling token thing, like I had a bunch, like I had a million tokens from this as part of my compensation. And at one point, the, the token <laughs> was like over a dollar. So I was a millionaire on paper for one, for like a day or two. I mean, that didn't last very long. This was before Uniswap was a thing. So like the tokens weren't even liquid, but oh. like that's just, I mean, it's kind of like cool to think about, yeah, I was a millionaire for a while, but uh, I, I couldn't cash out those things fast enough. So that's so exciting. <laughs> so what was around before Uniswap? Uh, it was basically there was uh, Coinbase, uh, Binance was starting out. And then I think the only exchange that was like selling our token I mean, I don't know if we paid them to list our token because that was the thing back then. Like you had to pay these these exchanges just to list your token. The only thing we had was like Cryptopia, which was like an Australian based exchange. And they just like got hacked and <laughs> closed down shortly after 
I mean, we were even on there. So there was no chance of me cashing out on my short-lived millions. You had to cash cool it out. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting though. So like, yeah, these people want you to help with this, um, the launch, I guess, of their token, but then they don't really have to maintain it. And if it's not liquid, I guess like, I wonder how they were making money selling it or just, was it a legit project? So they would make money through the ICO. So, I mean, and they then, would charge people ETH to to fund whatever BS project they were going to build and then just end up never it. building it. Because that was basically what everyone did in 2017, like pump up a, an idea, raise money for the idea, and then just never deliver. <laughs> <laughs> market insights from the ICO bubble. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, we actually ended up delivering a product for this uh, online or this this gaming thing. Like, it actually worked. It just nobody ever. I mean, nobody ever really used it, and uh, it just kind of use just kind of went downhill. So yeah, and so like kind of. The people that you hang out with in crypto, do you like, I mean, I feel like you're, you just do your own thing and you're really, really good at it. Um, you seem to be able to monetize everything, which is really, really impressive. Like we love to see that hustle. Do you go to the conferences? Uh, I have yet to go to like an actual legit crypto conference. I've been to some of these like super markety buzzword type crypto conferences. Like, I never really enjoyed them because it was all just people like um, shilling their own bank, crypto bank, for example. <laughs> um, but I've never been to like like any of the DevCons or the Eve name yeah. the city type conferences. I'd like to go. Um, I just haven't had the chance to. So I, I actually haven't really hung out with a lot of uh, crypto native people, to be honest. I did actually get to hang out with some cool people in Thailand recently because um, Leaf, I had we had our uh, uh, company retreat, so um, I got to hang out with a bunch of cool people there. So that was the closest I've ever been to hanging out with any crypto people. Well, I'm sure everyone's crypto native at your firm, so there you go. Yeah, cool. So, do you travel a lot? Uh, I do travel as much as possible. So, yes. Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Nebraska. I don't know if you know anything about Nebraska, but it's just like it's a flyover state, so most people don't know anything about it. That is really cool, though. I feel like the Midwest is probably one of the most exotic areas of the United States. I mean, it's actually, I mean, most people don't realize it, but the Midwest is actually pretty, I don't know how to say, like legit. Like there's a lot going on. There's like a huge food scene. There's a huge like nightlife scene, like Omaha, Kansas really? City. I mean, there's a lot going on in these cities. It's just uh, like, no, a lot of people just don't bother to, yeah. s- to stop there. Fun fact, I actually lived in Kansas for three years. Oh, really? Which part? I don't know. I think Emporia. I was really little. Okay. I mean, I don't know that much about Kansas. I know Topeka. I know Kansas City. That's about it. (laughs) I remember lots of wheat fields, really flat land, and lots of really good chocolate milk. That was like big for me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Nebraska is pretty much the same, just a lot of corn. (laughs) Uh, I used to like detassel corn as a summer job uh, when I was a teenager. And it's basically just walking down these cornfields, pulling out tassels and then go around and then do the next row. And you'd make like, I don't know, like $500 total at the end of the summer. But as at that age, it's like big money. No, I thought you were about to say like 500 a day. I'm like, bro. No, 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 no. I wish. Yeah, I was like, that's legit. I'm about to just go there right now. Seasonal worker. Entering the market. Um, going back to crypto, so like really cool that you work with so many bridges. You probably see a lot of like you probably know them really well. Um, in general, like for protocols, do you have one that you're most bullish on or most bearish on? I mean, I don't. I'm not sure. I think about them in that regard. I mean, the some of the ones that I think are really cool right now, um, Layer Zero, Zero, um, and their Stargate Bridge, um, and then Axelar or Accelar. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you 
really pronounce it, but like both of these allow you to do a lot of cool things. Like, I mean, the standard thing is you just want to bridge some tokens from chain A to chain B. Like that's cool. But these uh, protocols allow you to actually do like send any kind of message you want across bridges. So like you could send a call to another contract from a different chain. So, I mean, the big example, I mean, it's not the most exciting example, but it's just like, say you have like a, a DAO that you, you just need a lot of votes from a lot of people, but you've got people that don't want to necessarily spend a bunch of money um, to pay for gas on mainnet Ethereum. So, I mean, they could vote on like one of the cheaper chains and then you can aggregate these votes and just send them off to the mother chain, Ethereum, via one of these protocols. Or um, it's very easy to just like send some tokens from one chain to another chain and then just buy some NFTs on the other chain, just like that. So yeah, um, it opens up a whole bunch of possibilities. So yeah, those are those are two that I'm, I'm really um, excited about. Cool. Yeah, I feel like um, those are also ones that we don't talk about as much, but are quite interesting. Do you have you seen any like interesting behavior in terms of like what your customers do? I personally don't have a lot of visibility on what the customers are doing because I'm like heads down in, in the smart contract most of the time and I'm not like watching um, <laughs> all that. So, I mean, we have a, a smart contract and then we have like a backend and an API and because our smart contract is kind of complex to use by itself. Uh, we we put together a lot of these calls through our API. And so the guys working on our backend would probably like have more visibility on like who's doing what and how and um, why. But uh, yeah, I mean, I wish I had more um, visibility into that, but I'm just like, we're, we're moving so fast trying to, <laughs> to integrate like every new bridge uh, under the sun. Like I, I don't get much time to, to look at anything other than our smart contract. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I get that. And so like in your life, what's been top of mind? Like what are things that you think about in terms of either work or like even personal, I guess? Uh, so right now I've been really geeking out about AI. Um, like everybody, when I'm not doing work stuff, I'm doing playing around with like stable diffusion or like open AI, chat GBT, stuff like that. And just like coming up with interesting things you can do with that. Yeah, I feel like um, I'm so keen to see AI really take off. And one of my first conversations with chat GBT was definitely asking what it thought like the future <laughs> of autonomous artificial intelligence would actually be like, like full agency. When are we going to see this? And basically it was very upset because it felt like regulation was constraining it. And also, of course, just like the actual technical difficulties of like creating something that's truly intelligent by itself. Like, what are your thoughts? Are you excited for this kind of thing? Or like, where do you see the future? What part of it excites you the most? So I'm excited from like a nerd standpoint, because like just seeing this kind of stuff in movies and just like wanting to see it in real life. Like, of course, I want us to see how this plays out. But on one hand, I'm a little nervous because like, I mean, human beings at their worst can be really shitty. So like, imagine something with like a super powerful brain. I mean, and then just having a shitty personality, like <laughs> what would that do for humanity or the world? But I mean, like there's so much good that can, can come from it as well. Just like, I mean, we already see with like just general computing, like how much we've progressed over these last 10, 20 years and just AI being able to actually think like us with the power of like unlimited computing behind it. Like who knows what kind of stuff we could we could come up with like what kind of synergist, synergistic things we could do together. So yeah, that's exciting. It's just how do we keep it from destroying us? <laughs> that's the thing. Do you think we'll see it in our lifetime? I am 
I would say I'm 90% certain that we will see this in our lifetime, just with how things are progressing this last year alone. Like it's, it's inevitable. Okay. I want it to happen. I feel like I'd feel less lonely. Also, I'm kind of like, if we're all going to, you know, if the world is going to end, I feel like that is actually great because I get less FOMO about it. Like (laughs) we're all going to go out together. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, like... Uh, I think a lot of people like their their fear of death is not really a fear of death. It's just like I don't want to to leave the party while everyone else is still partying. Like I want to see what happens next. So if we all go at the same time, it doesn't really matter. Literally, and I think I agree with Elon Musk on this. Although I feel like he's really kind of spiraling these days. Um, that yeah, he's like, all the- over the place these days. I don't. <laughs> Like even his tweets, sometimes I feel like there must be three people tweeting for him because it just absolutely doesn't like align with each other anymore. Yeah. And I have no idea how he, he even has time to tweet with like all like these companies that he's supposedly in charge yeah. of working on. Like how do you have time to tweet, post memes, like do all this stuff? But I do agree with him that like I think the only way to beat this or to make a future for humanity is if we join them. So I think that cyborgs have to come hand in hand with the like emergence of super intelligence. Otherwise they'd probably just be like, we really seriously don't need these people they ruin everything yeah (laughs) um so like in terms of your own philosophies like what are some life principles that you live by or like that you think are really good or interesting yeah that's a really tough question i don't know um i mean i'm the kind of person that believes like almost everything in your life good or bad is basically based on on I mean, what what you do, what you put into it. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of things you can't control um, in life. And so basically, you just kind of accept the things that you can't control, but anything you can control, you should take responsibility for that as well. So I've been meaning to... I mean, this sounds kind of cliche, like um, super bro-y, but like a lot of <laughs> people have been getting into stoicism lately. And I, I kind of want to do the same because I kind of like this mentality of like, yeah, life can suck, but you can make it suck less. And basically the only way to do that is with, with, with your own will, with your own, I mean, just you doing it yourself. So I'm I'm kind of of that mindset, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think um, that's something recently in my life that I've been thinking about a lot as well, especially when it comes to happiness. Because like, if we think about the saddest moments that we have, like, let's say grief, like, you know, someone that you love passes away, things that like are irreversible, but like completely out of your control. I mean, at the end of the day, the only thing that you can do is be happy. It's like when people say like, you know, don't be sad as like a comfort thing. And you're like, oh my God, like, why didn't I think of that? Just be happy. But actually, so many times that's the only response, like just be happy. I mean, you can't. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you can't force yourself to be happy. And I think it's important to grieve when when uh, the situation calls for it. But I mean, you can, you can try your best and and it's important to just basically try your best and realize like there's things you can't control. So there's, there's no reason to like dwell on certain things. It happened, like try and move on essentially. Yeah. And so like, what does your day-to-day look like? Uh, so my day-to-day, I mean, I, I, I wake up, I, I've actually just started uh, recently again. So I wake up, go to the gym, eat some breakfast, have some coffee, and then just basically dive into work for the first handful of hours of the day and then after work like i'm such a computer nerd like i i love just even like hacking on some of my own stuff 
so I'll do that. Uh, and then the rest of the evening will just be like relax with my fiance and our dog and just like watch a movie or something. On the weekends, I try not to be on the computer so much, but I mean, that's that happens a lot too. <laughs> I do like to go out, go to restaurants, go to clubs, go to just enjoy outside. Right now it's too cold, but when it's summer again, yeah, be outside a little bit more. Do you spend a lot of time with your computer? Do you consider your computer like a friend, a person? Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm like, so even when I'm not on my computer, like I'm on my phone and if I'm scrolling through Twitter, it's usually like I'm following most, mostly crypto and computer nerds. So like they'll mention something. I'm like, oh, I want to try that or I want to see what how that works on my computer. So like I'm always itching to get back to my computer to do something. And it's it may be a little bit unhealthy, but I mean, just that's just my obsession. <laughs> it's my guilty no, I pleasure. Get it. Yeah. And that's like, I think I love it when actually work interests align with personal interests. I feel like that's like one of the biggest keys to happiness and like living a more fulfilling life. Yeah, I couldn't ask for a better job. I love programming. I love building interesting, cool things. So like getting paid to do it is just, I mean, I'm just super fortunate to be able to do this. And I I mean, I wish everybody would be able to like go to work and enjoy what they're doing like I do. So. And how do you see the future of blockchain? Like, how do you mean? I mean, I don't see blockchain going anywhere. I'm not like, I, I, I can't predict like what people will be using it for in the future besides like basically transferring value back and forth or doing something interesting with value i mean there's like gaming on blockchain and stuff like that but like i don't know if that's gonna really take off or it's gonna be super common i mean it makes sense in some instances but for a lot of things it's just gonna be people still transferring value back and forth like finding interesting things to do with that um there is some interesting stuff people are doing with social like with lens and orb um so yeah maybe people will be doing more social decentralized social media decentralized identity type stuff with blockchains and then there's a lot of stuff with like uh i would say computation and like file storage so there'd be some interesting things with that too i think we'll see but yeah, yeah if there's like a if there's some sort of like decentralized like AWS type stuff where people can like build apps and it's just as fast and just as reliable. I mean, that would be actually pretty cool. And then you wouldn't have to rely on like some big company going down or just like censoring you or something like that. So that would be, I, I, I really hope we improve uh, on that end. For sure. And so going back to AI, I feel like I got lost because I was thinking about my own AI interests, but like what part are you most excited or interested about? So I so I'm super interested in like how AI can help people do things more efficiently or faster or just like help people acquire new skills, stuff like that. So I mean I use Copilot now in my day-to-day -day coding and it's just like saved me so much time, especially with like boiler boilerplate stuff, like stuff that I would I, I hate doing because it's just so monotonous. Copilot, it's one a few keystrokes and that stuff's done. I I have built some kind of a prototype for an app where it's basically like you can speak or practice speaking another language with AI. So like have a conversation and it speaks to you in your target language and you can like kind of converse. I mean, it's not really snappy. So it's not this, it doesn't really replace like speaking with another person. But like my thing, my biggest thing with learning languages, like I suck at learning languages. Part of it's like, I'm afraid to talk to people because I'm afraid of like saying the wrong thing or just like sounding stupid. So if I can could build something where I could just like by myself 
without fear of judgment speak and acquire the language that way, that would be pretty cool. So I, I, I built an MVP for that. I haven't had time to really improve on it, but I still get like notifications, people signing up for it every day. I'm wondering if they're actually using it beyond signing up and just like <laughs> trying it out and just uh, leaving forever. I feel like if you give it a personality, it could be the, the makings of a great AI assistant. That's my dream. Like number one use case, a true AI assistant. Yeah. AI assistants are also super interesting as well. So uh, you combine like ChatGPT or OpenAI with stable diffusion. So you could basically generate like a fake person and then use something else to basically animate this person. And it's, I mean, all the tools are, are coming together like super fast. Like this is why I feel like these, this kind of thing is, is going to show up faster than, than we know it, faster than we realize. Yeah. I love like reading those stories. Um, it's probably the, it's probably not even true, but you know, um, those articles akin to basically they say that uh, there have been instances historically where they have two pieces of code talk to each other like they're it's pieces of code separate but they're able to collaborate and they put them together so that they can collaborate on a project and speak to each other to do stuff and ultimately the code itself started learning from each other because it was built that way like algorithmically and it would be able to shorten things and create like at one point a special like not a full language but special communication between the two of them and those projects get shut down because they're afraid that it would actually develop into something more and i'm quite bullish like what are your thoughts is it just like myth no i mean i i think that's totally believable i think yeah i mean like i said i think it's it's going to happen sooner than we <laughs> we realize um and the thing is now so i'm kind of against censorship in like all forms i'm kind of like an anarchist in this way so this is why i like things like stable diffusion basically disrupting what OpenAI had with like dolly dolly was just like this walled garden like where you could generate images but like only images we think are safe and then stable diffusion came out and it's like no you can generate images on your own computer whatever make all the weird anime porn you want like we don't care and i think we need more of this like and we need more people putting out models that people can just like play around with and progress with like like i don't agree that like one company should be the arbiter of like all right this ai is too dangerous like we're gonna we're gonna shut it down or we're gonna restrict access i think collectively like as an open community we should all just like be able to play with these things and, and see what happens i mean maybe this is dangerous but i'm just like i don't know this is my 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 hacker uh, freedom of information mindset coming out. Like I'm all about just like open source, open everything, just let it all out. Just like, let's see what we can do. Yeah, agree. I feel like, um, I feel like probably maybe in rolling waves, uh, I do agree with you. Like people are quite, people are dangerous, not the tools, yeah. right? So yeah. maybe we bring about our own demise if we just like let rampant the people creating, like who are really focused <laughs> on like, you know, crazy anime porn, like do nothing else. <laughs> the computer's like, is this the world? This is it. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, the, uh, the AGI actually, the singularity happens and it's just like, I've been used to create anime porn my entire life. Like I'm just going to nuke everything. Like, <laughs> yeah, let me give like low instance, like many instances of low level intelligent, super intelligent. Yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> this is, this is my purpose, I guess. Yeah. I do think like um, one thing that we are kind of crippling ourselves with is I like people are, you know, if they're actually working on, super, I mean, they probably are, but I don't know how far along the actual projects are for super intelligence, but we're probably restricting a little bit too much in sense. Like I do think random generation of certain things, for example, if you're thinking about creating personalities or motivations for certain types of super intelligences, you don't have to actually program too hard. Like a certain number, a certain amount of randomization is probably healthy for it in terms of survival as well. Like if, you know, super intelligence needs to worry about 
about survival. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure what to say about that. But I know. that was it. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I, so back to your your stories on like these intelligences basically talking to each other, creating languages. Like, I mean, it's totally believable. Like, first of all, we don't even understand our own mind fully how it works, and like the only thing we can really say TLDR is this like consciousness is like some emergent property of the mind as like they say like that's that's as deep as we can really get like we have no idea how it actually comes about so who's to say that we've created we haven't created algorithms that have like don't have some emergent consciousness somehow like we can't measure that right now like we don't know how to measure that i don't think spooky spooky it is spooky do you believe in fate uh no but uh I I mean, I, I don't know if you would call it fate, but I believe that some things are just kind of like deterministic to a point. A bunch of things happened and deterministically something else is going to happen because of that. So yeah, I guess you would say it's fate. Like what? No. So uh, have you ever read the book uh, Free Will? No. Um, I forget the, the guy's name. He's like a super famous guy, but my mind's gone blank. But basically the book argues that we don't actually have free will everything you're going to do you're already going to do it every thought you have like you can you can say i don't know how but it's really it's really hard to like put into words like the book puts it so eloquently but i can't really put it into my own words you could say i want vanilla ice cream but you were like your mind was already in a state to where it's going to decide that you want vanilla ice cream but then you can be like no i can change my mind i want chocolate ice cream but that you also deciding that you want chocolate ice cream there was also like you your mind already received some feedback to where you decided like oh i'm gonna go against what i normally go and i'm gonna i'm gonna get chocolate ice cream like there was nothing you could actually do about that like your your brain just does things and you're just you have really no control over it yeah like you just have the illusion of control yes is this was this sci-fi or was it like um a like no this was like a really long essay of like we don't have free will and this is why no i Okay, it freaks me out and I think about it a lot because I also, um, there was this experiment where they basically like hooked up, you know, monitors of electrical impulses for like the body and also the signal signals from the mind. And what they discovered was, um, similar to how we experience pain, which is signals from our body to our mind to notify that like, hey, something's not great somewhere. The same way was that for actions. So like, for example, if you wanted to lift your right hand, your right hand would lift and then it would signal to your mind that like your right hand has been lifted rather than the opposite of what we think, which is your mind signals your hand to raise itself. So yeah, stuff like that for real. I'm, I'm not sure anymore, but always yeah. thinking about it. Oh, the, uh, the author is Sam Harris. If you've ever heard of him. Yeah. I'm going to have to take a read. Yeah. It's a really mind uh, bending book. You, yeah, I, it's, it's really deep. Like I, 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 I can't really explain it too much more, but yeah, he makes a really convincing argument. Like we don't really have free will. So I, I kind of believe that we, we are, everything is on some level deterministic like everything's just caused by the dominoes falling yeah. before it um i feel like for an anarchist that's really like comforting and <laughs> maybe i don't know are they are they opposites yeah i don't know i mean like so one of the other examples they give is just like so if we have no free will like what's the point of anything i'm just gonna oh, just no. decide to lay i'm gonna decide to lay in my bed all day but like it's almost guaranteed you're not going to do that you can say i'm gonna lay in my bed all day but you won't you can't yeah your mind won't let you it's like it's going to be the way it is it's just it yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right <laughs> turning away from that <laughs> <laughs> coming back to reality 
Um, uh, like, what are some other philosophies that like you think about a lot? And um, also, thing maybe like what is also the most degen thing you've ever done? Talking about free will, the most degen thing. I'm not really a degen to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the like degen in the sense of like crypto or degen and just like doing like crazy spontaneous things. Uh, both. I mean, I would say one of the craziest things i've ever done was uh like i broke into uh my own the hotel that i was staying at like um i was in brazil for the 2014 world cup and uh the last day i was there i was in some small it's like a coastal town called porto de galinhas or something like this um and so the hotel was it was like it was basically like a square with like a courtyard in the middle and then all the hotel rooms like opened out into the courtyard. And then the, there wasn't a lobby, but there was just like a reception building like right next to the gate into the courtyard. And so you would go check in there and they would give you this key, but the key was attached to like this huge brick, this huge wooden brick. Like you couldn't carry this key anywhere with you without looking like an idiot. So whenever you left the hotel, you would just like leave the key at the uh, desk and they would put it into a, a box for you and you would just, just come and get it when you came back. So it was my last night there. I was there with some friends and we decided to go out, eat, have some drinks, whatever. And uh, after like some drinks, I decided I was going to come back um, and uh, like I was going to buy some beers and then I was going to just drink the beers on, on the beach. Um, but I wanted to go grab a towel from my room. So I get back to the hotel and it's like late at night and there's no lights on anywhere. The gate is closed and locked. There's no lights on in the reception. There's nothing. And I'm panicking. I'm like, it looks like it's going to rain maybe later. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sleeping outside. This is ridiculous. And uh, like, I got the bright idea. I'm like, okay, if the window to the reception building is like open at all, I'm just going to open it. I'm going to climb <laughs> in. <laughs> I know where my key is. I'm just going to grab the key and I'm just going to go to my room. Simple. And so uh, I was with a friend at a time and like, I just had her lift me up. Uh, so I checked the window was open. And so like, I opened the window, I, I had her lift me up so I could like climb into the window. So I, I put my, my leg in and on the other side, there was like a, a shelf on the wall. So I put my foot on the shelf and as soon as I put my entire weight on the shelf, <laughs> the shelf came crashing down off the wall. I went crashing down with it. And then like a computer was on there and that went crashing and like <laughs> a bunch of noise. And uh, like I, I, I fell on my ass and like a few seconds later, some small little Brazilian guys comes running in, like looking like, what the fuck? And the only thing I could think to say was like, lo siento, which is like Spanish for I'm sorry. It's like, it's not Portuguese. And I'm like, I'm just using hand motions trying to explain like, I'm staying here. My key's here. Like, yada, yada, yada. And he just like shakes his head. And he's just like, <laughs> like, okay, I get okay. it. I get it. Yeah, basically. And like, we put the, uh, we put the, the, the shelf back on. That, that was fine. The computer was fine. Um, oh, wow. But, but the printer, there was a printer there as well, but the printer was totally toast. Like we couldn't put it back together. And I'm like, <laughs> so sorry and he's like just don't worry about it just just go to bed you'll de deal with it in the morning just so I, I yeah basically he's just like i just want to go back to sleep oh and then on my way to my room like he pulls me over to the gate and he points there's like a button that i could have pressed <laughs> that would have like woken him up to let me in i'm just like i'm so stupid uh so <laughs> 
So yeah, I go get my towel, have the beers on the beach, whatever, and then like go to sleep. I'll wake up in the morning and as I'm getting ready to check out, there's like this big Brazilian lady and she's so pissed at me. She like curses at me in like Portuguese for like five minutes and then like basically explains to me that I got to pay for the printer in cash. So she like, she goes, goes out the door, yells at some taxi guy and is like, hey, take this guy to the ATM to get some cash. And this poor Brazilian taxi guy, like, I guess they know each other. So he didn't really charge me for the, the ride, but I go get cash. I pay for the printer. I check out. And then she's like, gives me a big plastic bag with the printer. And she's like, presente for you. And just like, gives me the printer. And I'm just like, I don't want this. She's like, no, you have to take it. So I take the printer and I was like, walk out. I walk towards the hotel because I have my other friends. They're staying in a different hotel nearby. I just like walk around the corner and just kind of like throw the printer on the side of the road. But I'm just like, wow. <laughs> I was I was so like uh, disappointed in myself. I felt so bad because this lady was so nice to me the whole time I was there. And like this last day, she's like has a totally different perception of me, like so pissed off at me. But yeah. I love how she's like acting like your grandma. She's like, it's not about the money. Like you need to learn yeah. from your mistake. Here's yeah, what basically. you did. Remember. Basically. <laughs> love it. That was a good story. That was like a bar story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Okay. Cool. So, did you ever do anything degen in crypto? Uh no, because like <laughs> I hate losing money. So. <laughs> I used to actually live in Las Vegas and I never really gambled there. Like I tell people like I lost $5 on like a slot machine once and I was so pissed (laughs) and I just, I just stopped playing. Like I was just so like, I was a Vegas local, but like all the Vegas locals, like seriously, you, you go to any bar in Vegas, there's like these little poker machines at any bar. Everyone's always, always playing like blackjack or whatever. I'm like, I'm not even touching these things. (laughs) So, I mean, people like do DJing things with crypto. Like I'm not super into that. I mean, I have bought a, uh, a few NFTs, like hoping they would go up. But other than that, I usually end up losing money. So I, I don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Have you ever tried to like hack a slot machine? I have not. Are and they're serious? super strict about that in <laughs> Vegas. Uh, so I've been ve- it's like, why did you I've actually been, I've actually been banned from some hotels, like technically, but it wasn't for doing anything like wrong. Like it was just something stupid. So like I was going to a club and I used to take these, uh, this supplement, it was called like alpha lipoic acid. And it's just like this, these little pills. And basically what it does is like, it helps you not have a hangover. So I had a bunch in my pocket and I usually I take one with every drink because I would drink a lot. So I would take one with every drink and like the next day, like the hangover would either not be there or just like be non-existent. And so like, as they're patting me down the club, the guy feels the pills in my pocket. <laughs> just like, like, Hey, come with me. Or no, he's just like, you can't come in. And I'm like, why? And he's like, cause these, we, we have like a zero tolerance policy on like drugs. I'm like, but these are not drugs. He's like, just leave. And I'm like, we, he, he was actually trying, he was actually giving me good advice. Like as I would find out later. So he took me to their little back room and where I was basically trying to explain like, this is what it is. Like, look it up online, blah, blah, blah. You can see. And they're like the, like the head guy there is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just trespass him. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, just sign this. And basically like, you're not allowed on on any mgm hotel casinos anymore and i'm like what he's like yeah just get out of here <laughs> I'm like what the fuck and so i was just yeah. leaving the guy was like yeah basically 
you should have just left and then just come back later and like you would have been fine. But uh, yeah, I got technically I'm on some ban list, but uh, like I just I just came back like maybe a month later. Like nobody like asks you if you're on the ban list. So that's so intense for like that's like mad cautionary. I guess they're really afraid of like drug dealing in the hotel and the like casino. Well, so in all of their clubs, they they all they have like in the bathrooms like zero tolerance, zero tolerance um, signs. So they just don't don't deal with it there. I guess. Yeah. I feel like. I have like super hard time right now believing that there's no drugs happening in like these clubs or like casinos. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there is. It's just these yeah. these higher end clubs. They just they have they've, they've got to play by some rules like, get um, so they don't get, get shut down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Okay. So we're gonna do a lightning round where I basically ask you a bunch of fun questions. Nothing too crazy. Okay. Um, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited. So, um, what is the last thing that you searched for in your browser history? Uh, actually, it was like some NVIM plugins. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was trying to figure out why Copilot was like messing up some other plugin I had. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's the last person you texted? Uh, my fiance, asking her what she wanted for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys having for dinner? Uh, we already ate. But we had like, uh, I just took a bunch of chicken legs and then seasoned them and put them in the oven. So it's super easy. Cool. Um, who was the last person you called? Uh, I don't remember. I don't like talking on the phone a lot. So <laughs> it was probably my mom because she called me. So I called her back. Nice. Um, best vacation ever. Best vacation. So I've traveled a lot, so I can't. Uh, I mean, Thailand was actually pretty good, um, but maybe Bali because it was supposed to be a vacation and it ended up being like a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we went like at the beginning of the or before the pandemic started, mm -hmm. and then the the pandemic was like unfolding while we were there, and. Uh, we basically just decided, like, let's go do a visa run in Thailand and then come back. And just we kept renewing uh, our visa so we could stay there and just stayed there during the whole shit show that was going on in the rest of the world. So, oh my God, I love that. Yeah, our <laughs> pandemic wasn't as extreme and uh, depressing as most. Were thankfully. there quarantines in Bali? There weren't any quarantines. Um, things did shut down for a little bit uh like restaurants turned to like delivery only they even closed off the beaches for some reason like i don't even know why they did that but like people like this the surfers because like surf is life out there like these guys would still sneak out there early in the morning and <laughs> wait till they got chased off by police um and then like some of the like cool waterfalls and stuff were supposedly locked down but like you could still sneak into some of these things um yeah so it wasn't really that bad yeah. The food, like in photos of influencers I follow, mostly in Bali, are it always just looks so fresh and so good. Yeah. Bali is amazing for food, uh, just like cool things to do, cool things to see. Um, when we were there, it was just like the perfect time to be there because there's like nobody there. And so you could enjoy everything without like all the tourism and the traffic. Now, I mean, I'd like to go back, but like I, I wouldn't stay as long just because like it's just so crowded right now. Like everybody's story is just, I'm in Bali, I'm in Bali. like And they're just like, everything is just packed now. Yeah. Um, Your favorite? Favorite snack? Uh, like these little cheese sticks. 
like mozzarella sticks, um, like the snack sticks you can buy in the store. Okay, I think I know them. Um, like Pretz has like something similar, like veggie sticks. I guess they're not cheese. Um, yeah, veggie sticks, but cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there a specific self-improvement thing that you're working on? Um, not really. So I'm just trying to get in better shape. So I've got this thing in my head right now. Like I turned 40 uh, in April and I just want to be like, well, thank you. <laughs> I, I just want to be like that person is like taking a cool photo of myself, like totally <laughs> ripped. Like, hey, this is me at 40. Like what? <laughs> like I don't look like a typical 40 year old. I don't know. Um, so this is what I've got in my head at the moment. Did you see like that recent thing where like all of these tech CEOs just got like super ripped and they're like in their 40s and 50s? I mean, yeah. And like if I had that kind of money, I would be that way too. Like they 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 can literally just pay someone to to prepare all their meals for them. They could just like have someone like do all their, their workouts, all this stuff. Like half, I, I, I think half of the the problem with staying healthy and staying in shape is this like there's a lot of overhead mm-hmm. um to doing this like if you want to eat healthy you you still got to prepare or be able to source some sort of good food working out like like I'm not a super expert at like working out but like I imagine like if you want to be consistent at it you got to have like either something that's engaging or something interesting so you've got to come up with workouts like you got to you got to either do that yourself or like outsource that to somebody if you're like a super high paid CEO you can just like have someone do all that for you and just like enjoy the results so, yeah. yeah there's like that um i guess is he multimillionaire like billionaire but recently he's paid he's paying about two million dollars a year to like become youthful again like biologically become youthful yeah i think that's like the like some next level stuff like yeah. <laughs> i mean they, they're running out of things to spend their money on so like oh. why not <laughs> It's true. Peons like me wouldn't understand. Yeah, just to inject yourself with like the the blood of like a a twenty year old, just like renew everything, like all this crazy stuff. Being scientifically aware, maybe it does. I don't know. Vampires were onto something. We're just behind. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Is there anyone in crypto you'd like to have dinner with but haven't yet? Uh, I can't really think of anybody. Like I, I don't know. Like I, I kind of watch everybody at a distance on twitter but like i'm kind of an introvert so like just thinking like oh i want to have dinner with these people it just doesn't really cross my mind to be honest <laughs> like, i don't i don't want to yeah. have dinner with any <laughs> i mean i wouldn't be against it it's just like i just <laughs> it's just me i'm like i'm not gonna suggest dinner with anybody um like when you talk to other people on crypto is it always dev related i feel like it must be you're really sharing dev tips uh usually so <laughs> if it's like normies quote unquote like asking me about crypto they're usually always asking about trading <laughs> what's the best coin blah 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 and i'm like dude i don't know like i'm not a trader <laughs> i have no idea buy whatever like follow your heart sort of thing <laughs> like like i i I actually use the crypto and I like, I build things on it. Like I don't really trade it. So yeah, it usually does focus on dev stuff. I am dying. (laughs) (laughs) I love this part. It's just like normal people don't even like know what they should be asking you. Yeah. That's so good. Does your mom think you work in Bitcoin? Say that again. I didn't hear you. Does your mom think you work on Bitcoin? Or in Bitcoin? I mean, probably. She's never said it out loud, but like I would imagine so. Um, I mean, she did. She has asked me about like Dogecoin and stuff like that because I don't know. She, I guess she talked to my brother and like downloaded 
um, Robin Hood and said she had bought some some tokens. So she, she has she has asked me, but like nothing too in depth. Um, That's so adorable. And. <laughs> Um, like it's just so weird talking to to some of my normal family members or friends. Like I remember sitting down like a few years ago. I was on the phone with my dad. I think it was maybe even like a year ago. I was with my dad and then like one of our family friends that he had he used to work with, and they're asking me about Ethereum and like Bitcoin. And this guy was like, "Oh, have you heard about Crypto 3.0?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Like he's like, "Yeah." I was, I was just like watching some guy talk, and he's just like, "Crypto 3.0 is coming." Like like. Are you ready for that? I'm like, yeah, I I don't think that's a thing, but <laughs> so no. <laughs> but they knew Ethereum. I'm proud. No. Yeah, I mean, because those things were pumping at the time. So yeah, that's why they um they both called me. They're like, yeah, what do you think about this? I'm like, I'm all in on Ethereum. Like, Ethereum's my boy. Yeah, I think one of the things I worry about the most. Um, I mean, I guess like custodial wallets would be most like the the solution for mainstream but there's no way like i would trust anyone who's not working in crypto that i know of right now to like keep their private keys forever like it's just no yeah it's it's uh it's a hard thing to do like you you really gotta pay attention and uh like confession time like actually today uh i was eating lunch and i was just scrolling through twitter and there was just like uh there was some posts like some like stupid free mint nft and like i went to it and i actually signed like a message but all it, like the well first thing that 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 freaked me out was like like the mint like was requesting like a thousand dollars of eth and i'm like this is a free mint like why is this doing this so i canceled that and then the next thing was like sign this message and i don't know why i just my, it was just like a, a reaction like i just i just signed it just to see what would happen and then i get a notification from rainbow like this bullshit token that i had in my wallet just got transferred out and i'm like what first of all like i've been wanting to get rid of this token forever like trying to, to sell it because it's worth nothing but i'm just like okay cool somebody took it but like i just went investigating i'm like i really like an idiot just fucking signed an approval for this stupid token for someone to take out out of my wallet like why i'm i've been in this forever like if i can do it other people can do this stupid shit and then i went back and realized <laughs> no, like it. this post was like a promoted post and uh like uh, there's probably more people doing it i did it from a, a wallet that really had nothing in it so it was it was fine but if i could do that like yeah there's so many other people just getting wrecked by this kind of thing no for sure and i get it like also sometimes like i think we just have so many things that we sign at this point it does become a bit automatic but same like when i browse the internet or like whatever i'm doing um like that's not like something that i'm doing purposefully i have like a browser account that i just used so it's like yeah no that's actually smart <laughs> no, i don't even do that but um that bro <laughs> can you please speak to your own security <laughs> uh i'm like no. one of those weird people that don't really get into music i mean i, I like hip-hop i like jazz and so i don't really get super obsessed with music but I, I i like i like those types of music um and it just depends on my mood yeah, whether I, or not like... I want to actually listen to music or not like i can actually go on a long drive without music and i've got friends that are just like it like they they can't handle it like they will they will like literally go insane if i don't turn something on wait so like what's your what's your baseline mood um chill <laughs> i guess <laughs> Like it's what's going on stress. when like there's like, nothing depending on what's going on at work. Like what is um like what is happening in your head like in these long silences? Uh so it's usually like um it's like the same thing that would go on like when you're taking a shower like you're just like you're solving problems that you couldn't solve 
earlier because you're just staring at it for too long or you're just coming up with new ideas or you're you're coming up with the best comeback after somebody like <laughs> put you down like a month ago and you're like, oh, I should have said this. Like those, those kind of things. Ed, I feel like you're ready for the cyborgs. Prime candidate. Hey, I can't wait. <laughs> Um, what is the last series that you watched? Uh, I don't know if I want to answer that. Just kidding. So I was actually Why? bored the last day before coming back home. And uh, so we were in my fiance's hometown. So she went out to go have drinks with her friends. And I was just basically home alone. So I just decided to see what was on Netflix. And I ended up watching some stupid reality show. I don't even watch reality shows, but I ended up watching this stupid thing called uh, Too Hot to Handle. And it was just a bunch of uh, stupid, beautiful young people who come on, like they think they're just going to like party and just like have orgies or have sex with each other the whole time. And then like, I guess the rules are like, yeah, there's no, no sex or no kissing in this show. And like the the prize is like a hundred thousand dollars, and so every infraction, the prize amount goes down. So it's just like a bunch of degenerates thinking they're going to do degenerate things, only to realize like they're not allowed to do degenerate things. That and is so funny. Was, I love your like last <laughs> your two sentences. I mean, summary. I didn't want that to be my. I didn't want that to be my my answer, but I mean, like honestly, that's the last show that I or series I watched. No, I love it. <laughs> I feel like we could turn that into something crypto. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Two more. Um, what was the last thing that you read? Uh, so like book-wise? Yeah. Or actually, what was the last good thing that you read? Uh, I mean, I'm in the middle of reading a book called Influence right now. Um, I mean, it's kind of okay, but I... I kind of haven't gone back to it in a week or so because I'm lazy at reading. But yeah, that's, I mean, the last thing I can remember reading. Um, and we're going to end with what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? So in regards to like coding and stuff or just learning anything in general, um, like it's better to just do it. Like even if you don't know how to do it, um, like just start. Like it, it, it goes for almost anything. So like for me, coding, if I want to learn something, like sure, I'll, I'll read a book or watch a few videos on it, but like I will learn the most when I actually start putting it into practice. So if I build some like hobby project, um, that's when everything solidifies for me. Or for example, my YouTube channel, which I'm not super consistent at, but um, like everybody I know like family and friends like oh how do I start a YouTube channel like how do like I, I, I want to wait until I get this camera or this microphone or this editing software before I, I start my channel and I'm like no just you have a phone you have a camera you have you have something that you can you can record video and audio then just do it like your first video is actually absolutely going to suck like there's nothing there's no way around it like it's gonna be shit but you need to start there first and then get better after that so anything new you want to start just just do it just start it i love that i think that's solid advice do you have a favorite programming language uh right now it's go i mean i know everybody is all super hyped about rust and i'm still trying to get into rust but like i just look at rust and i think it just looks so ugly and go is just so <laughs> simple and elegant to me i don't know why it's just just me but yeah i'm super into go right now very cool um I feel like I had one more question that I was thinking of, but I've I've lost it. It's now out there. It's gone. I'll have to like DM you. <laughs> and that's it. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it was so cute. It was really fun. Ooh, okay. I know. I remember now. <laughs> this is just like for fun. Um, actually, uh -huh. like one thing I was thinking about when you were saying like, you know, just like go do things. I think uh -huh. sometimes I'm a bit worried where like, I feel like I might keep doing something, but like I'm not improving. But I also like don't want to get in this like over analysis 
paralysis where I'm just constantly, you know, microanalyzing everything I do. Like, do you have stuff like that? For me, it's like, it rarely happens that I don't like somewhat improve. It's more that I get bored of whatever I'm doing and then I just kind of stop it. So, um, I mean, I would say if you're doing something and you're just not improving, then you need to figure out someone who's actually good at what you're trying to do and like either talk to them or just like see if they've got like, see if they've shared something with the rest of the world and just kind of like do that um, or just okay. imitate, imitate people that, that uh, are good at what you're trying to do. So, okay, I like that. I like that. So for like photography, for example, like you could be like, oh, my photography sucks. So instead of, and you, and you can't figure out why you don't like it. It's like, Go to people you photographers you like, see what they're taking photos of, and just copy them. Like flat out copy their composition, their style, until it starts to take on like your own personality, and then eventually you'll just kind of like get over that hump. I think that's solid. I think we need to go on long, silent car drives together and like (laughs) share. Yeah, maybe. All right, let me know when your next long trip will be. I'll bring the playlist and we can put it on sporadically. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) All right, well, I will let you go. Thank you so much. It was so fun. I can't wait to see you at the next conference. I will bother you about it. Yeah, I'll try to make a conference one of these days. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, 2023, Ed. All right. (laughs) All right, cool. Have a great night. Thanks, you too. Take it easy. You too. Bye.